Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mr. Buttersworth. No relation to syrup. I'm an amateur, uncredited local reporter and penny saver editor. And I'm here to tell you about a special young man, Jimmy Pierce, who once helped an old friend of mine find some missing keys at the local library. Turns out they were very absent-minded and accidentally returned them with a book about clouds they borrowed. But I'm not here to tell you about Nimbus clouds or keys. Jimmy has solved bigger cases, and this is one of them. From the files of the Jimmy Pierce Detective Agency, The Cold War Conundrum. Chapter 1 It's a hard world when you stand up for the little guy and take the rap, Jimmy Pierce thought as he sat in detention. Who at a young age became obsessed with the detective stories written over half a century before he was born. For an entire summer before his fifth grade year, Jimmy's parents drove him to the library every day, and all he did was pour over the collected works in the crime section. Kane, Chandler, and Hammett were his summer school teachers, showing him the good, the bad, and the poor few that got caught in the middle. His parents never became worried, though, because he was doing something that most kids don't do these days. Go to the library. Jimmy was unlike most of his classmates who complained that the library smelled like mildew and that old paper reading material could not be plugged in. But Jimmy found something to be plugged into, the stories of detectives, 'er ne'er-do-wells, and derelicts. Jimmy's parents only became concerned when he started turning everything into a mystery. The cold case of the friend's missing keys and how Mrs. Smith's cat really got stuck in a tree were two that his parents had just recently endured. They become increasingly concerned when every day, no matter what the weather was like, he was dressed in a double-breasted Macintosh trench coat and a fedora. They eventually took him to a psychologist, but the doc just claimed that Jimmy had a vivid imagination and dressed really sharp for a soon-to-be fifth grader. Jimmy knew that his parents were getting worried about his interest in crime, but he knew they would be even more upset when they found out he had been in a fight. Jimmy had come across two older kids who came over from the middle school picking on some poor schmuck whose parents refused to live by the grade school drop-off code at least one block away. For a while, Jimmy watched the spectacle with the crowd of other kids, and they all yelled for blood, and they didn't care whose. It was like the crowd had been transferred to old Rome, and the Colosseum of kids were given the old Caesar sum down to anyone they could. Naturally, the older kids were getting the best of the lad. Jimmy walked into that ring, took the toothpick from his mouth, and threw it to the ground. Run if you know what's best for you, Jimmy told the poor kid. The scared lad looked on with horror. Jimmy started circling like an old pro boxer. If you two want a real challenge, you should move from the grade schoolers to the high school chumps. I hear the wrestling team is looking for some sparring partners, said Jimmy. One of the older kids broke off to nudge the crowd into a frenzy, but the spirit seemed to die off. Watching a guy get beat is one thing, but watching a guy go willingly to his death is another. Jimmy tried to move, but the bigger kid was too fast, too street hard. Jimmy would fake with the left, hoping to get some ground with his right, and the older kid was right on top of that simple strategy. Jimmy had only read about fighting in books. He didn't know what else to do. A fist came down, and Jimmy caught the wrong end. He got laid out. All the Romanesque children stayed. They had never seen anything like this. Even the bullies got silent. Even though they had won, they knew they lost. No public relations strategy could ever bring them back from what they had just done. Beating the hero. They were forever damned. Principal Jenner appeared. Jenner was a scraggly man of 50, or that's how it seemed to the kids. He was tall and lanky and always had elbow patches on his jacket. 
His most notable feature was his seasonal allergies, and by seasonal, I mean year-round. The man had a constant sneeze and kept a hanky that most kids thought gross. How could he sneeze into that thing and put it right back into his pocket? Well, that was Jenner, a pocket full of boogers. The fight finally broke up quickly, and the two kids ran for what seemed like the hills. All that was left was the kid and Jimmy. The kid tried to stick up for Jimmy, but Jenner wouldn't hear it. Now Jimmy was waiting. At 3.30, the soft light of the waning afternoon cut the wall like bars as it filtered through the blinds. Principal Jenner was poring over test scores from the past year. In the top 10% of the country, and it seems like one of our sister schools lost the teacher's edition of the test, he mumbled to himself in between rubbing his nose with his trusted handkerchief. Jimmy stared at the wall, daydreaming about finding himself in the middle of a real mystery. Solving the murder of his detective partner who got caught in some trap with the tragic young lady. But, as he was about to give up the big reveal, Jimmy's thoughts were interrupted by Principal Jenner. I hope that you're learning that this is not okay for young gentlemen to start fights. Jimmy placed a toothpick in his mouth and glanced at the clock. Thirty more minutes was all he had in the hole. All of a sudden, the voice of Principal Jenner's secretary, Mrs. Applethorpe, screeched from the intercom system. Principal Jenner, your car is being covered in toilet paper by two red-headed hooligans. Jenner jumped up and sneezed. The excitement got to his head. He was about to dash out the door when he realized his prison obligation, watching Jimmy. He looked Jimmy straight up and down. You have 30 minutes left in here. Don't make a move or you're going to have detention for the rest of the year. Then he ran out the door. Jimmy stayed put like the saint he is. Jimmy sat thinking, let's just get this over with. But before he could even finish his thought, the door swung open and a little girl with blonde curls entered the room. I hear you're a guy that likes to help people in trouble, she said as she whipped her curls to the side. I'm Cindy Beals and I'm in trouble. All of Jimmy's training told him that she would lead to nothing but the likes of what he saw when the lunch lady decided to stop pizza day and serve caprese salad instead. Total chaos. Jimmy took the toothpick from his mouth and flung it at the waste bin. A sharp ping let out as it landed in the receptacle. Depends on what the trouble is, he shot back. Jimmy studied her with curiosity, but she didn't flinch at his fast talking. He knew how to play the game, but so did she. I need someone to pick up some old school materials from the school bus depot where they have the inner school mail dropped off. It should be sent via interlibrary mail. I'm writing a report about the relations between the USSR and the U.S. during 1949. I'm just trying to get a leg up on my grades before this big standardized test. You're the new girl on campus, ain't you? Jimmy knew the answer to that question before she even walked into the room. He had seen her from afar, sitting in the back of homeroom. She had come in a week prior and was introduced to the class. The whole situation was awkward. She rambled on with some speech that was lost on almost everyone in the class. Everyone but Jimmy. He took notice of everything. So why do you have to hire a guy like me to do a simple chore like this? I may be a true Philly, but right from the first day I stepped foot on this campus, everyone had it out for me. It was true. All the girls on campus disliked her. And the boys teased her with no regard. She stuck out like a sore thumb. And every day she came to class proper, dressed for the life she wanted, not for the one she had. There are several girls in my grade that hate seeing me raise my hand every time the teacher has a question. I think they're going to try to stop me. That's the danger. A bunch of chatty ladies, Jimmy thought. This was going to be too easy. This little girl was holding something back. And a guy, real tall and lanky. He wrote the best essay for the last three years in a row at my last school. 
I think he's going to be trying to play some real mean tricks to get his hands on this research material. And what does this lanky swindler go by? Everyone calls him Thursby. Sounds like a made-up name to me. But this is what Jimmy wanted more than anything. A real case. This one seems small, but a guy like him had to start somewhere. Alright, toots, I'm in. But I only have one rule. I don't carry peace. And by peace, I mean a wrist rocket. I talk hard, and I hit harder. She wrapped her arms around him. Thank you. He brushed her off. Take it easy. People might get the wrong idea about how I work. It'll be 50 cents a day plus expenses, said Jimmy. Cindy reached into her purse and pulled out a crisp $5 bill. Will $5 do? What's this? You trying to book me for 10 days? I just really need to do well on this report, said Cindy as she placed the bill in his front pocket. The girl took off out the door, but before she disappeared, she turned around and flashed him with a nice little half-smile, the kind that would bring a boy like Jimmy to his knees. He was in with his grit, and now his heart. Jenna returned right before the punishment was about to conclude. He was trying to whip off several pieces of toilet paper that had stuck to his clothing. Kids these days, no respect. You should all be focused on learning, not starting fights and playing pranks. Is my work here done, spouted Jimmy? Jenner didn't care for his tone. You're lucky I didn't get the police involved. One afternoon of detention doesn't seem fitting. You can watch me stare at the wall for another hour if you'd like. Just get out of here, and if I catch you fighting again, you'll be given work duty. Kids with the real bad attitudes at the school were given work duty, which meant that they had to spend their afternoons cleaning up the campus with the janitor, Mr. Lockby, who smelled like cheese and looked like he spent his entire life in the sun. Don't worry, you won't catch me fighting again. Now if you don't mind, I have some work to do. Jimmy put a toothpick in his mouth, flipped up the collar on his jacket, and walked down the empty corridor of Lincoln Elementary, lit by the flickering incandescent lighting. Will Jimmy get into another fight? Who is this Thursby? What's the little girl with the blonde curls' real aim? When Jimmy gets home, will he be sent to his room with no dessert? How high in the sky are clouds? Where is all of this going to take Jimmy? Tune in next time to hear the answers to all of these questions and more. Thanks for listening, and stay safe, young detectives.